Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to General Queries, a podcast about the Brisbane queer scene. I'm your host Talia. I'm joined in the studio, as always, with the dulcet tones of my beautiful co-host, Megan. But Talia, where's our guest? Where is our guest, Megan? Where's our guest? I can't find them. I'm looking under the table. I'm looking above the counter. I can't is find them. Is it Nix? Nix is in a drawer. Nix is in a drawer. Bye, Nix. Bye, Nix. Um, I, I just, I'm looking above the air conditioning. I can't find but them. But wait, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, the guest, it's our guest. The guest is actually Megan today, <gasps> guys. Look, honestly, I'm as shocked as anyone that I'm queer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember. I'm just a really intense ally. We've made that joke for the last two episodes. Yeah. I'm just a really intense ally. Um, I remember the day that you turned to me and you went, oh, and also I'm queer. And I was like, oh. That's some interesting information to know. Lovely. Oh, really? Yeah. Were was, you like surprised? No, it wasn't. It wasn't I was. It wasn't so much that I was surprised because I'm not going to lie. I got vibes off you. They were, they were like small vibes, but they were kind of there. Um, and it, I just remember you turning to me and going like, oh, and also I'm this. And I was like, oh, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> like I kind of just assumed already like to find out that you were straight was kind of shocking, shocking for me not yeah, to lie for sure um so we're actually here to interview you you are the <laughs> guest today because um we we try we're trying present tense to get around to interviewing everyone uh, on the team. Everyone in the team. So that everyone, There's actually more than just you and I and Zane. There's yeah, lots of people there's that lots help of people. to make this happen. Um, so. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten round to them. We've mm. just all kind of been busy and we've had scheduling issues. You but will. We're all queers. We're all queers. Um, or just in your case, very intense very allies. Very intense allies. Uh. <laughs> um, so I'm bisexual. Yes. Um, I prefer the term queer just because I'm not a fan of the word bisexual, but I'm also not pansexual, so I do prefer queer. Um, yeah. Is there a difference in meaning for you then? Um, I just don't like the word bisexual purely because it, um, it for me, presumes that I only like men or women mm-hmm. and – non-binary people exist Mm -hmm. um so i just think it's a slightly outdated term but i don't want to i don't think i'm all the way to being pansexual because Mm -hmm. i still do um subscribe to the idea of gender Mm -hmm. um i'm not an agender or non-binary person i do believe in nix please i'm trying to talk nix is reading a newspaper um 
she's beautiful. No, no, she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I just think that I don't like a queer kind of encompasses all the things that yeah. I believe um, about myself um, and bisexual doesn't. I'm not yeah. quite bi. I'm not quite pan. Mm. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm going to just jump. I'm not going to put a label on you, but I'm going to jump um, in here and put on my queer educator hat. Put on the queer educator hat. Um, Educate us. Yeah. So the definition for uh, bisexual, the current definition that the community uses is two or more mm-hmm. genders, um, which was updated, I think in the 90s. Sorry, Zane, mm-hmm. uh, for that lovely, lovely noise. <laughs> um, I, think, I think in the 90s um, to kind of, uh, include the idea that gender is mm-hmm. a spectrum. Um, pansexual does mean all genders. Mm-hmm. The in between that you're talking about is actually omnisexual, Ooh. Um, which is such a small, little known label that yeah. nobody really uses it. Yeah. Um, I don't really like that either. I yeah. like, I no. I I just really like the word queer. Yeah. Um, That's fair. It's very like yeah. For me, it's very inclusive, and yeah, I like I understand the definition of bisexual being two or more. Mm. Uh, I just bi means two, yeah. So I just don't like it as a word. Um, bisexual is definitely something that people can attach themselves to, though. Yeah. Um, people that are not in the queer community, um, just because you know, gay, straight. Both, like, you know, that's something that is, you know, tangible for people. Whereas to say pansexual, people are like, what? Mm -hmm. Um, And queer is too broad for a lot of people. So if somebody said to me, how do you identify? I would say bisexual. Mm. Um, I have to say I use the same label when I come out to straight people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just easier. I mean, you don't want to go into a whole thing about, well... Um, because it's yeah, a twenty-page it's a twenty-page essay. Um, but I'm quite happy to to call myself by. Yeah, um, yeah. I I do kind of switch between you know like calling myself queer, calling mm. myself bi, calling myself gay. Even yeah. um, uh, at the moment, I'm dating a woman. Um, and that is like <laughs> saying gay is more um when I'm discussing my status as dating a woman. Mm. Um, and so I'll make jokes about like something being super gay or something like that. Um, I'm definitely, so bisexual is a spectrum. Mm. Um, like, you know, one end of the spectrum being, being the, attracted the to men. Scale, the men, the one to the six. Yeah, exactly. And one side of the spectrum being attracted to women or yeah. whatever. Um, I have kind of fluctuated throughout my whole life, I think. Um, at this point I'm much further on the women side. Um, yeah. That's, that's the long-winded version of how gay are you kind of thing. <laughs> have you gotten different reactions when you come out as different things? Um, I mainly come out as bi. Okay. Um, I, I just generally, like after I've come out to somebody, I just generally then um, fluctuate in, in what I call myself. Mm. So, you know, queer person, queer woman. Um, I am a woman. Like that's how I identify. Um, we very, have had several episodes. We've had several where episodes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I very strongly identify as a woman. Um, I have female genitals and I also identify as a woman. So, um, that is never something that I 
have questioned ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have started dressing a little bit more androgynously, mm. but not excessively. So you, I, I pass as a woman. Um, I have really short, like very bright coloured hair, as everybody knows. Yeah. Um, so I look queer, um, but I'm, you know, I'm a cis woman yeah. and a massive feminist, like, you know. Um, the two important things you need to know about me. Two important things I need to, you need to know. Um, queer and feminist. Queer and feminist. Um, yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting that you talk about aesthetics because, like, you, you find that, wow, Nick's. Nick's is sorry, being a little can, bitch today. You can cut out everything about <laughs> Nick's. I'm so sorry. Um, no. <laughs> cut out absolutely everything about Nick's. No, never. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you talk about aesthetics. Like, did you find that, like, once you came out, you, your aesthetic changed? No. Um, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, I actually had, have been questioning my sexuality since I was about 15 or 16, Mm -hmm. but I was, um, with, I was dating a man, um, from the time I was about 14 and we broke up nearly a year ago. So we were together nearly six years. Um, and he is a, he's a lovely man. He's a really, really lovely person. Um, but we were very bad for each other in towards the end. Um, and it was really bad for my mental health and his mental health. And, um, so it, it ended, um, but while we were together, I was kind of, you know, questioning my sexuality, like, you know, do I like girls? But um, I believed that I would be with this man, you know, forever and that we would get married and, and yeah. that's what I wanted. Um, and so I just didn't think about it because I'm in a monogamous relationship with a man. If I'm bisexual, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I was quite content with that. Uh, and then when we broke up, I didn't really have the headspace to think about it. Um mm. I was grieving in a very self-destructive way um, and that's not good. Um, And I definitely, you know, had a lot of like, you know, not healthy experiences with just men. Mm. Uh, And then I started dating another man um, and he actually came up with a really good, with the futon analogy that we've used Um, and I actually realized that I was bisexual while we were together. Um, and then that ended in an unhealthy way. Um, and I was able to kind of go, okay, you know, we're past that. Um, and, you know, kind of explore more uh, like with women and like feminine identifying people, Mm -hmm. um, and then my girlfriend and I started dating. Um, and that was quite, messy to start with because I had always pictured myself with a man Mm -hmm. um I kind of thought that my identity was very much you know romantically attracted to men Mm -hmm. uh, romantically and sexually attracted to men and only sexually attracted to women Mm -hmm. um turns out I was wrong um and so you know starting to date my girlfriend was quite um different because I thought oh we're just like really great friends um no plot um, twist your gal pals are actually girlfriends gal pals um yeah so I've forgotten the question I had a point um 
The the question was, uh, do you feel like your actual like your oh, yeah, aesthetic yeah. has changed? So after that very long winded explanation, yeah. um, I was like, I had long hair. I wore mm. dresses, like I wore a dress to formal. Um, I had like a like a bulb haircut. My hair somehow is a big part of my queer identity, right? Yeah, no, um, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And once I'd I'd always wanted to get like a pixie cut, like boy mm. short. Um, and when my most recent ex-boyfriend and I were still together and I'd come out as bisexual to him. Um, I went and got my hair, all my hair cut off. Mm. Um, and that was really liberating. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I looked the way that I was supposed to look. Yeah. Um, and then I left uh, like a customer facing job where I had to have like, you know, a professional hair color. And then, and then I dyed my hair orange. Um, which is what you currently have. Which is what I currently have. And I feel very authentic. Mm. Um, my, my best friend from high school um, said to me, quote, now don't take this the wrong way, but you know, you look like a massive dyke. And <laughs> it was awesome because I was like, yes, I, I do know that. That's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted. You know, I really feel like I'm I'm representing. I've always believed that the way that you look is representing, you know, who you are mm-hmm. as a human. Um, and I feel like I look like I'm supposed to. Yeah. So has it been – it's been a long journey to kind of get to this point where you feel you're most authentic? It's been a very long journey mm. um, and a lot of like denial that I didn't even know was happening, not just with my sexuality but also um, with who I am as a human being, how I interact with people, especially in like romantic relationships, um, uh, you know, how I uh, – even like my mental health like I've had anxiety for probably for probably half my life mm. um and just had no idea and it just all came to a head like you know about 12 months ago um so yeah it's been like a huge like 180 in yeah. who I am as a human mm. yeah I feel like I, I should really clarify I, I met you before we started doing this podcast. Yes. I actually um, met you when we were doing theatre together. Yes. Yeah, which is like that was before half this podcast. That was before I I started or even met. No, oh, no, 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 no. It was before you come out. Before I'd, before I'd kind of come to terms with myself yeah. and um, before I'd kind of had that whole discussion with my most recent ex-boyfriend. And, yeah. Yeah. So that definitely was the tipping point. Mm. Um, and um, unfortunately that relationship was not great. Mm. Um, but that is one of the, the good things that did come out of it was that I kind of came to terms with, with how that worked. I'm not even sure how – I can't even remember how it happened. Um, but – yeah, we were just having a conversation and, you know, I kind of said to him, you know, I've only ever been with men. I've only ever dated men. Like I've not ever had mm. anything with a woman. Like how do I know? And like he came up with the futon analogy and that's kind of yeah. what happened. And also like even if you've only been with men up, up to that point, you're still bisexual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a common misconception. You are that, queer enough. Yeah. You are queer enough. Um, But it's definitely been – a huge adjustment, especially now that I'm dating Beck, mm. um, because I have always been just a super intense ally, I guess. Yeah. Um, but also I have always been 
either assumed straight or straight passing. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm dating a woman, I suddenly have to deal with a lot of extra stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to come out to my parents and tell them that I was with a woman. Um, I, you know, was walking down the street with her, holding her hand the other day and an older lady like gave us a death glare. Um, We've been kicked out of a, a, bar near here in the valley I won't say which one it is but they're gonna get an email I think um you know like Mm. we've we are both white women Mm. um and so we don't suffer a lot of persecution but we definitely have um and also the over sexualization of bisexual women Mm. is crazy um yeah just assuming that we want to have threesomes yeah um (laughs) um yeah just that assumption that like oh like two girls kissing that's so hot but like you know what's hot uh, about someone not involving you yeah exactly exactly and a lot of it is like oh this is like uh you know a lot of straight men are like oh this is not for my benefit I don't like it um yeah so that has been a really big adjustment Mm -hmm. um yeah have you ever like you so you've talked about um like the the unicorn hunting like they they, they assume (laughs) that yeah Mm -hmm. they assume that you're always down for a threesome have you ever come across any other like misconceptions when you've been out with your girlfriend? Um, um, yeah. Uh, the thing is we operate in the arts community um, and so we- All my friends are gay, darling. All my <laughs> friends are gay. All my friends are gay. And so for me introducing Beck as my girlfriend, mm. um, actually the first time I've ever done that is with you we went to see a show yeah. at um at uni and I said this is my girlfriend Beck and that was the first time I introduced her as my girlfriend yeah. um in the arts community I'm more than comfortable just you know like being with her as like a normal couple and yeah. just you know, saying this is my girlfriend like isn't she amazing I actually like she is stunning she is beautiful just a promo she is beautiful yeah. and everything about her shines like the sun um and uh, I guess before I was comfortable talking about her as my girlfriend with my parents um calling her my friend was uncomfortable um because it was like lying mm. and I don't I'm a very like honest person I'm really bad at it really bad at lying um and so saying that she's my friend when she's not is uncomfy yeah icky um and just thinking about things like you know thinking about the future and because you know like we love each other like um you know we do talk about the future and we do talk about being together and getting married and that sort of thing um even if it doesn't work out like you know that's kind of the goal to make it work um you know like thinking about you know if we have kids how do we talk to them about homophobia yeah how do we make sure that they also have those masculine presenting role models because we are both feminine presenting Mm -hmm. and it's really important for kids to be exposed to all kinds of people. How do we, um, how do we kind of like cater for that? How do we provide that education? You know, if our child is a boy, how do we, you know, make sure that they know about their body and their, and how that works because we don't have any experience with that, you know? Um, 
yeah, just a, a lot of extra things that I've had to think about and consider that I've never had to before, mm. um, which is great. It's yeah. lovely. And we have, you know, a lovely, healthy relationship mm. where we communicate and talk. And she's, a, she's a wonderful, wonderful she's person. I have so met her. I've had coffee wonderful. with her. She's beautiful. She is so wonderful and just very kind and like, yeah, yeah just a badass. Yeah, she's she- the best being. Stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, so you moved from a small town. I did. Yeah. What was it like coming to Brisbane? Um, apart from the traffic <laughs> and the people, um, <laughs> and the fact that you have to pay for parking is obscene. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of family here mm-hmm. um, and I'd always wanted to move to Brisbane. Always, always, always. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of like a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, where I moved to was not uh, great just because of some like uh, lingering grief and trauma that occurred in the in the house. My aunt passed away when I was 16 um, and she actually was terminally ill so she passed away in the house that I lived in and that was quite traumatic for me. Um, I was kind of forced to live there though because I didn't have a lot of money um, and the lady that uh, that lived with my aunt is wonderful and beautiful and and had me there like I was her own daughter so you know that was a blessing um but it wasn't great for me to be there so the first year in Brisbane was really hard um and you know like having to be an adult and you know learning how to be a grown-up and deciding that I I can make my own decisions you know I'm an only child so um I have and I personally have a lot of like I need to be a good person and be, you know, do everything right. Um, And so making mistakes and learning is quite hard for me. So, um, you know, just realising that, you know, I can make my own choices and I can, you know, be these things and I can mess it up and it's okay. Um, It was really hard, Um, you know, having my my first boyfriend um, in the same city was really lovely. We'd been long distance for about three years um, but I wanted to move in with him mm-hmm. and he did not. Um, and that was, yeah, that was difficult. So it's mm-hmm. been, it's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and also coming from, uh, a small town where I knew everybody and then coming here, um, and having to build a new community has been quite different. Yeah. Um, and I've been a little nervous to get involved in the queer community, um, because I'm so newly out mm. and also um, being bi is often not well received. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really interesting that. Yeah. So um, and especially, you know, like now that I'm dating a woman, it's like passable, but yeah. that may not necessarily always be the case. So, yeah. yeah. So do you? there's a lot of extra stigma on – being on by an ace people which is dumb yeah i mean i i feel like the stigma is a little maybe a little different it's a little better for bi people yeah i find um Um, yeah i i mean in my personal experience i've definitely had better experiences when i've come out as bi than when i've come out as ace yeah absolutely um but like even within like have you gotten kind of shit from the queer community for um i have been very reluctant because mm. I was straight assuming and straight passing for so long and I 
felt like it would be inauthentic for me to get too involved with the queer community. Um, I've always been really into social justice and mm. always been really, um, really strong about allyship mm-hmm. um, and not pretending to be in the community as an ally, mm. you know. The A in LGBT plus does not stand for ally. Oh, yeah. Um, No, it definitely does. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, You know, and, like, I'm also, you know, I also try and um, be an ally in, you know, for people of colour and, like, uh, you know, uh, people with disabilities, that sort of thing. Um, But obviously I'm white and Mm. I don't have a disability. Um, And so to say that I'm part of those communities would be wrong. So that's kind of how I felt with the with the queer community mm-hmm. um but now that I identify as a queer person and I'm queer presenting mm-hmm. um it's been it's been an adjustment yeah. to accept that I actually can be part of the community mm-hmm. um rather than you know sort of as an ally um that's not to say that allies are like marginalized because that's <laughs> not true mm-hmm. um but yeah as an ally you do need to be careful about how you interact with the community um and pretending to know about things you don't um yeah always be open to learning i think yeah and criticism and you know that sort of thing when you say like you're now queer presenting Mm -hmm. what what is that for you i look gay (laughs) (laughs) right that's it that's definitive that's it um no i i don't look masculine Mm -hmm. but I don't look super feminine either I have the typical short hair bright color um you know that's I am I I do come across as typically what you would expect a queer person to look like um stereotypically Mm -hmm. um my girlfriend used to have really long hair but now she's cut it all off she looks like Ruby Rose and it's really amazing um but she is also kind of queer presenting as well Mm -hmm. um but if you saw me in the street you'd instantly go gay um that's kind of how I describe it yeah Yeah. if everyone's seen photos of me on social media like you know yeah we we like to keep it fancy up in here yeah my visage yeah I um I recently got an undercut I feel like that's something that every it's weird because every young queer must every, have an undercut. Every young queer must at one point in their life have an undercut. Mm. But I also feel like the like the blonde boys in the 90s also had a huge thing for undercuts. Mm. So it's kind of this weird kind of overlap. Throwback. Throwback, yeah. yeah. It's like um like the Matt Damon kind of blonde oh, like Jesus um what was it? Uh, Goodwill Hunting kind uh. of that kind of yeah. yeah, that kind of look. Um but I think I think it's really weird, like the kind of reactions that I've gotten to having an undercut, because you have a whole lot of like other queer people who are like, oh my gosh, big same though, and then like we'll we'll bond over having yeah. undercuts. Yeah. Um. It yeah, it's weird the the things that we can kind of define as yeah. this is what like, queer looks like. Yeah, and like you're always queer enough. Like yeah. you know, you can be super gay, but also super girly. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I like being this way you know I like owning the identity Mm. um because because I can and because it's safe to um and because the people that I know that will react badly um to this information uh, won't have put two and two together because it's not what they would assume about me um it's just I'm a 20 year old art student and I can um but yeah I I Mm. I like the authenticity. Yeah. And what's it been like running a podcast, getting to meet everyone? Getting to be super, super gay yeah. has been really lovely. Yeah. I feel like this is a nice 
This is a nice little space for yeah. us. Um, it's a safe space, guys. It's a safe, safe space. space. We've carved it out. We've carved it out indeed. And, like, yeah, we first implemented this because, yeah, I'd, I'd just – I'd really just come to terms with the fact that yeah. I was queer. Um, and it's really nice to feel part of the community because I really didn't feel like I could belong even after I, I identified as a queer person. I didn't really feel like I, I deserved to be part of the community. Mm. Um and it's really nice to to be here and to be accepted as a queer person and have it but also have it not be everything. Yeah. Like have it not be the reason that I'm allowed to be here or be interesting or, yeah. you know, like I could still be here if I was straight. It would just be in a different way. Yeah. Um. So, you know, like having being able to create this space as a queer person for queer people is mm. is a privilege yeah i think yeah thank you for for doing so you're an absolute oh, gem to stop. work with no i am a goblin a tiny little orange head goblin <laughs> yeah and I, I and i feel like there's also this other stereotype that's like colored hair means that you're very left or you're very like you've got the the angry feminist stereotype which is true um <laughs> for, for you in particular for me in particular it's it's definitely true mm. um yeah feminism feminism right <laughs> um yeah massive feminist um have been since high school um i went to quite uh by my standards incredibly conservative um but a but a conservative non-denominational yeah. christian school yeah uh, Again, paradox. Yeah, and I've always been, even as a child, very opinionated, yeah. very uh, you know inquisitive about the world, um, and very much into justice mm. and things being fair and right. Um, and I had a lot of issues, especially in high school, with the way that we were being taught and the things we were being taught, um, like. Um, can't even I can't even think of a specific example, but I just remember questioning everything, and they didn't like it. Um, which you must uphold the hegemony. Yeah, and uh, and questioning scripture mm. and questioning what what we were being told, and uh, I just. My my issue is not with doctrine. My issue is not, you know, with conservative people because, you know, if I say that I am a feminist and I say that, you know, I am a left person, I have to believe that everybody has the right to free speech and everybody has the right to practice what they believe in. My issue is that when people refuse to be questioned – so, you know, as a queer woman and as a woman in general, um, I'm almost expected to justify my own identity a lot of the time um, because, you know, it's not heteronormative, which I understand because it's confusing. That's why this podcast happened because, uh, you know, people have questions. People have been raised in a different way and they want to know, but if you come from a place of wanting to know because you are curious and you want to learn and improve yourself, then that is good. Um, my issue with conservative people not wanting to be questioned about their ideals is because that is dangerous to me. 
um, to not be held accountable for what you believe in. Mm. Um, And so when I say, hey, actually, uh, I don't think you should tell us how to vote um, and them saying, you know, that's just the way that it is is not an acceptable answer, Mm. Um, especially as a young person, like as a child, you know, you can't just, I mean, age appropriately, you know, you can't just say because I said so because that's the way it is Mm. Um, because you can justify anything like that. Mm. Um, So, you know, when we're taught, you know, like (laughs) don't look at a boy until you get married, how do you start dating? Like, mm. how does that work? Um, and just got to the point where the administration in general, I got a reputation um, for being outspoken and for being opinionated and they they didn't like it. Um, there were some teachers that were lovely and like kind of facilitated that discussion mm-hmm. um, and there were other teachers that were not great. Um, so then I moved to a state high school, um, and that was a lot more free because it's a state high school, not a, not a, a religious school. Mm. Um, and I just went crazy, um, you know, really hardcore, hardcore into feminism. Um, and I had the opportunity to learn about it, um, and the opportunity to kind of explore that part of myself. Um, and I realized that the world sucks for queer and for queer people and for women yeah um and since you know since school I've you know done a lot more education and and you know learned more about sexuality and learned more about you know how the world works and how the patriarchy works um and the patriarchy is harmful for everybody yeah um but especially women and especially queer people and more than anyone People of colour and queer people of colour. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big intersection there. Big make, intersections. Make, make, the, make the feminism intersectional or we will not have feminism. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah. And talking, you know, discussing with older people about what white privilege is, mm. what, you know, heteronormative is and never heteronormativity. Yeah. Um, is the noun version. The noun version. Um, is difficult. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, I advocated massively for same-sex marriage and because mm. um, I'm just super intense ally. And, um, yeah, and so being being a feminist queer woman mm. um, hasn't – being queer hasn't changed the way that I look at feminism yeah. really at all. Um, a lot of people are quite scared of feminism Um because they think, you know, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is not a feminist, mm. I'm saying right now. Um, feminism is about, uh, you know, equality yeah. for everybody, um, you know, shutting down toxic masculinity, shutting down the expectation that men have to be, you know, strong and yeah. not cry. And, the the you know, hegemonic version of masculinity. Yeah, advocating um, for men's mental health, yeah. um, you know, women of colour, mm. um, queer people of colour, like, you know, um, feminism is about yeah. making everybody equal um, and smashing that patriarchy because yeah. it's a whole lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. we will end up talking about, like, 
feminism as it applies to queer people mm-hmm. um, in later episodes because it is yeah. it is something you're quite passionate about, and I'm glad you're passionate about I'm it. I'm intense about yeah. it. Um, I um, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion. Um, one of my favorite theorists, Bell Hooks, um, has the idea that nobody. Um, kind of against everything that you've just been saying, um, yeah. nobody can be labeled a, a feminist, um, but you can support feminist ideals. Mm-hmm. So I personally wouldn't label myself a feminist, mm. but I definitely support people who go out there and, and fight for those ideals. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, I mean, I believe that everybody is a feminist. If you believe in equality, you believe in feminism. Mm. Um, and I understand the label is frightening. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's got so much hate against it. So much hate. So much hate. And um, you, you find those people who are like, oh, I'm an egalitarian. You're like, whoa. I mean, I, I definitely. Egalitarian I, is just like an ironically apolitical way to say that I want equi- I want equality without actually having to fight for it. I accept the egalitarian um, label in the context um, of, you know, I don't want to call myself a feminist because I feel like it's exclusionary. That's fine. Um, But, you know, I have a lot of issues. Like I know that there are spaces for women um, that do not include trans women, which is unacceptable to me. Issue and issue. Yeah, unacceptable. Um, And also things like, you know, we went on a school trip. uh, We actually came to Brisbane. Um, And on the school trip there was a young trans man. And he is just the most precious little bean. I love him so much. Um, But on this trip he was not allowed to stay in uh, an apartment with the boys. He had to stay with girls. Those girls also had to get signed notes from their parents saying that they were happy with it. Um, And that wasn't really like our teacher's fault. It was more like the higher up administration and the government. But I just thought it was the biggest load of bullshit. And it's like he's either a man or you think he's either a man or you think he's not a man. Mm. Which would you like to pick? Like anyway. covering all bases covering on the queer phobia. All the bases, yeah. And um, it's just bullshit. Um, but, yeah, those sorts of things, um, are, that's a feminist issue. Yeah, that's important to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have to wrap, we'll wrap up, up well, after soon. my feminist pants. Um, you'll you'll take them. Take I'll just take off the feminist off. hat. We'll not. I actually made feminist pants for our school project. What did they? What did they just say? Feminist. Yeah, I cut out little letters and pinned them to these track pants that I had. Please tell me they were on the butt. Uh, no, they're on the front. Oh, sorry. Unfortunate. I'm very sorry. Like down, down the leg? Down the leg. Just said feminist because a lot of people would like kind of make fun of me because I was like really intense mm. um, and say, oh, Megan's got her feminist pants on. So I made feminist yeah. pants. Um, and it's like, yeah, fuck you guys. That's, that's um, quite a way to take all of your slander and just be like, and it's back in your face now. back. Yep. Goodbye. Um, yeah. So as always, the final question, if there's anyone out there queer or questioning- <gasps> What what advice would you give them? Alternatively, what would you have wanted to hear? Don't get into an unhealthy relationship and have that be the reason <laughs> um, that you realise. Um, no, like um, you're always queer enough. You're always queer enough. Um, just because you are in a heteronormative, long-term, 
monogamous relationship does not mean you are not queer and does not mean that you are not allowed to explore that part of yourself within the parameters of that, within the boundaries of that relationship. You know, if you're not poly, then don't go and, you know, sleep with people, you know. Um, but, yeah, like take the time to to figure that out mm. for yourself um, and kind of examine that within yourself and like you're worth you're worth doing that. You shouldn't just write it off because, oh, I'm not queer enough. Um, and there, yeah. is, there is always something to be gained from self-knowledge. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, if, if that's a part of you, then you can – you are allowed to accept that. You are allowed to embrace it. Um, and definitely look up, like, the futon analogy because that was really – helpful to me it's in a previous episode I can't remember which one um but basically you know if a gay person is a bed and a straight person is a couch then bisexual people are futons so you are either being used as a bed or a couch but you're still a futon used as wink um (laughs) oh dear (laughs) um yeah thank you so much for Coming in and being interviewed. Oh. It's been lovely to have you as a guest. Oh. I hope to see oh. you again. Guest. Oh, soon. you know, like, I don't know. I'm pretty busy. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll sure, I'm sure we'll find time for you. Someone as, stunning as, <laughs> oh, someone as wonderful and as stunning as you are, we will find time for you. <laughs> uh, um, for everyone out there in podcast listening land. Blessings. Blessings and love. Um, take care of yourselves. Exercise. Drink water. Remember to eat today. You are worth it. And there is always something to be gained from self-knowledge. We love you and we hope to see you next week. And make sure to remember how pretty Beck is. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs>